Hey guys, here's an episode with Terry Fair from Vorschlag Motorsports in Plano, Texas. Adam was able to Skype in with us for a little bit, but his internet connection kind of crapped out, so he's going to break off partway through, and we won't hear from him again for the rest of the episode. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoy. If you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. You can find us on the web at www.facebook.com slash show, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at show. Everybody, we are at Vorschlag Motorsports. Yep. Uh, currently in Plano, Texas. That's us. Uh, sitting here with Terry Fair and one of my buddies, John Wagliardo, who lives here in town. So Wags. Cheers, everybody. Hello, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> you guys having fun out there? Is, it, uh, is the weather nice in Texas? It actually is uh, unusually. It nice. is. It was. It was actually very hot. It's, so to, uh, to me, I'm, that was hot. Well, I mean, I grew up in Houston. Okay. All but right. Now I live in Atlanta. It was hot. Know, it was hotter than I thought it was going to be. Like sure. I was wearing a hoodie this morning when I. Oh, was okay. In well, yeah. So <laughs> it was like it was like sixty nine degrees in Atlanta this morning. There was nice. a cool front that rolled through. Yeah. Because it was nice this morning. We had by the doors comparison. open and everything. We didn't yeah. have the AC yeah. on in the shop or. Well, until I guess this it wasn't until like this afternoon. Yeah, about got, three or four o'clock. Hotter. It got yeah. kind of warm. Yeah. Yeah, something blew through and it's much nicer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you guys don't, if you guys aren't familiar with the shop, uh, they do absolutely amazing, amazing work. Oh, you're too kind. Coming into in, into it, you know, I didn't know quite what to expect. I'd seen pictures and everything, but when you get here and you look at the work up close, uh, it just absolutely blows you away. And Terry and stunning I were talking, work, man. yeah, just stunning. Terry and I were talking earlier. I think part of that is is him as a person too, um, but his previous previous work experience before starting the shop and everything that that really lends itself to very nice, clean builds. Just attention to detail. That's what it comes yeah. down to. I think. Yeah. So there's just tons and tons of attention to detail. If uh, if you surf some of the internet forums, you'll see some of Terry's uh, amazing amount of work just in the build threads alone. <laughs> it's like the most it's like production <laughs> value intensive <laughs> build threads. That's probably twenty hours a week of work. Unbelievable! Wow. Yeah, it's a part time job. Put into it just is. that. Um, I, it's always been pretty impressed by them. I, I stalk you on like corner carvers and some of the other forums <laughs> <laughs> just to read your build threats. That's cool. I appreciate it. It's, it. There is a lot of time that goes into that. And, uh, you know, luckily I have our shop manager, Brad is, is a professional photographer. He takes some really good shots at yeah. the racetrack in the shop. So all our builds are documented and those pictures we take for customers. Cause yeah. when I have a, you know, a big ticket customer, a multi tens of thousands of dollar job, I send them something usually every two weeks, and it's going to have 30 pictures, and it follows the format of how our guys did the service work and, and our My Shop Assist system and how it's on the invoice. And so they know what they're paying for, and there's no, well, why did it cost us so much? They know exactly how many hours down to the hundredth of an hour and, oh, and what work was involved. And, and so a lot of my build threads are just my customer updates with a couple of words changed. Um, yeah. They're used to seeing that, that yeah. level of detail. And that's that's kind of my job is to make sure they're happy with their bill and, and that they know exactly what's going on. And I think that's what sets you guys apart, too. I mean, you guys do very nice work, very nicely built cars, very fast cars as well. I mean, it's not just 
throwing parts at a car and saying, okay, let's go. You know, it's everything yeah. is thought out. Yeah, we're, we're not into selling shiny, you know. Uh, if it looks good, that's just an afterthought. That's just that's just to try to show the quality. But uh, now we're all about making stuff fast and durable, reliable, and, uh, and proving it on track. If it's, you know, got a lot of blingy parts and no one ever races it, you know, who cares to me? Yeah. You've got to prove yourself on track. And, and so we have our own shop cars, and we go with customers. To, uh, whenever we build a, a race car, like this Miata we just built yeah, in 17 TTE days. Yeah. yeah, we did a complete race car conversion in a little over two weeks, and we took the car to the track for the customer. And we're out there with him all day and, and did some checking and, you know, IR gun checks on everything. Make sure that all the temps are right and the pressures are right and there's no failures. So every time we build a car for a customer that's a major build, that's included in the price for free. You, you get a free track day. So you got to prove it on track, and that's that's kind of what it, what it all boils down to. Yeah, the I first met I – qu- I briefly met Terry at Pikes Peak a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, during, uh, uh, I think it was Brianne Corn's first. Uh, I think it was the first year that the car was wide body. Yeah, yeah. When it was red, uh, that was 13, 12? thirteen. Twelve. I know it was twelve. Yeah, twelve. It was 12. 12. Yeah. yeah, it was a few years um, back. That was the year you were accruing for. Uh, for yeah, Lifeway. I was. I, I was helping Cody oh, uh, yeah, rebuild his car every twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking but, about that uh, earlier. He's got to <laughs> knock <laughs> the arrow off just to make sure it still works. You know. Yeah, if uh, you got you got to <laughs> test the strength of the arrow, you got to find the limits of the products. But. Is that the year he proposed uh, to uh, his? Yeah, that, no, that was the year. And that he got to knock year. her out, I guess, to really get her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough hit. But. Just kidding, Cody. <laughs> if if, uh, if he listens uh, to this, we'll have to uh, edit that part out. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect him. He, he does some good work. Oh, uh, qual- yeah, quality, quite, quite yeah. good work. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I you, you guys were uh, you guys were putting some work in on Brianne's car, and then oh. I briefly, I talked to Jason for quite a while last year. At yeah. And he was here. Um, he, he left right before you got here. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, he let me in actually. Yeah, the door's locked. And because if if he'd be here, we'd be here till midnight. Because he is a talker. Absolutely, the boy can spin a yarn. But he has so much experience between Bonneville and Pikes Peak and WRC and 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 autocross and track. He just knows so much. Both, that both so years many that I, both years I was there, I talked to him for probably two hours, and yeah. it's like I heard more about sobs than I've ever heard. Ever. <laughs> the two-stroke so rally car, yeah, he's a co-driver in that car. Oh, I love that. Oh, that the one that like Petrolicious <laughs> or that Jalopnik did the special. Yeah, out. it is insanely loud, like really? 110 decibels it's, in yes, the car. It's absurd. And the motor lasts about two hours. That thing's so cool. It's well, doesn't insane. the exhaust like go like right up over the? It's 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 you can't make an exhaust <laughs> in the car to to do any kind of sound attenuation at all. It's super loud. I mean, it's double the stock horsepower at sixty eight. <laughs> you know, and uh, it is. But it's hilarious. Everybody loves that car. It's one of the only vintage rally cars that'll show up at these. Rally America or whatever they call themselves. Yeah, this and week. they flog the hell out. And of they it. beat that. They beat him and Jeff, the <laughs> owner, just drive the wheels off of that thing. They've been in the woods at least once. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, over the river and through the woods. Yeah, to grandmother's house they go. <laughs> uh, no, he's got a million stories and he's he's a lot of fun and and we really rely on him here at Vorschlag. Uh, he's my oldest employee, a longest term employee, not oldest. Uh, he and I are same age, um, but he's been here for five or six years. Um, I think that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, and uh, does a lot of our engineering, does a lot of our CAD work, does all of our CAM programming for CNC work, and yep. uh, it'd be uh, 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 you know he, he only works four days a week, so Fridays are a little <laughs> crazy without him. It's race prep day, but uh, yeah, he's he's got a million things going on. He's going to estate sales and looking for like really cool stuff. Oh is yeah, what he's he, doing. he does all sorts of stuff. He is <laughs> literally uh, a man of the world. He knows something about everything from sailing yeah, he, to politics to you name it, real estate, stock market. 
He's into everything. He, he's like the most interesting man. He's like, he's like the yeah, Dosakis yeah. Dos man. He is. Totally. And, he's got, and he kind of looks like too. him. Yeah, too. He's, got, yeah. he's got the beard. <laughs> a serious beard. The, with the beard comes wisdom. Uh, I want to see him uh, with a helmet on with that beard just sticking out from underneath. <laughs> but that's a sight. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it in a convertible or it's up in your face. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. You have to like zip tie it down to your shoulders. He has a scrunchie. He has oh, a does scrunchie. he? Yeah. The beard's a weighted, a weighted scrunchie. Yeah, you gotta do it. It's uh, beard problems. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Vorschlag is known for a lot of, uh, you know, you make a lot of intricate parts like, uh, you know, camber plates, caster plates for strut, tar- strut cars, yeah. and V8 conversions for E36s. <laughs> and, like, what's your primary part of the part of your business right you now? You know, that's it, it is it is multifaceted. When we started in 05, uh, we were just doing setup work on suspension, and we ended up buying an old buddy of mine's business called Motor Force Engineering. And he'd been making camber plates uh, since about 03, 02. And I did his website, and my old business partner did some testing for him. And so when the opportunity came where he he was growing, where he couldn't take it, you know, couldn't do it with a one-man show or even with a a partner, we took over and kind of blew that up and and grew the business from three camera plates to like 28 or whatever we do now. So that was, suspension was always our thing. And I had done the first BMW LS swap, I started back in 2002, kind of proved that it could be done, and so it was kind of a a weird combination of of uh, reasons to start the business. But we still do both today. We still do tons of camera plates. Now we make everything in house with our CNC machines. Oh, cool! And cool. we've done hundreds of LS swaps. Um, really? So kits, uh, we've probably sold 150 for the E36 chassis, about 40 for the E46 chassis. We do an FRS BRZ swap. And we've got a one-off Miata. We've got a lot of one-off cars. We've done the '69 Camaro as an LS. He's car. got some. He's got some neat one-off stuff here right now that he was showing me in the shop. Yeah. But yeah, one thing that I hadn't heard a whole lot about since I don't own an FRS or BRZ anymore is their their V8 swap. So they're doing a, an LS swap into the FRS BRZ, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see that. And, and we're we're sitting in our lobby now, or watching the the plasma screen. It'll scroll through. You'll see some pictures. You say it's lobby. This is like a showroom. Like I would love to have this as a living room. Yeah, it's a showroom. <laughs> like, this is this is awesome. Oh, and this, <laughs> you know, just like uh, everything else we do in the shop, we we built out the shop. This is the second shop we've moved to, and we did a lot of demo here. This was three offices. We ripped the ceiling out. We ripped the walls out. We built this. We laid the hardwood floors and. You know, just to make customers comfortable and at ease, we got these big glass windows. We call it the fishbowl, so they can see out in the shop without being under our feet. So yeah, it's it's all part of the, you know, they can see what's going on even while they're here. Seems like it's the uh, complete package. <laughs> so yeah, he was actually showing me their their machine shop earlier too. That uh, I guess what it, probably in the past year you've started January doing most it was really. Uh, we brought the machines in in December, powered them up in January, and by February we were making parts. Okay. Wow, cool. Big learning curve. Massive, steep. Don't ever do it. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, man. <laughs> but seeing seeing some of the finished product, you know, in, in this ply room, it's just absolutely outstanding. It, it lets us, you know, control the quality. We had some great machinists we worked with in the past, but they just got too big, and, and the lead times were getting to be six months, uh, and, and minimum orders were getting huge. Yeah, um, yeah I imagine. As a small business owner, you know, cash flow is king. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's tough, and Wags has been there, too. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't order a year's worth of parts. And <laughs> when you have hundreds of unique part numbers you make, uh, sometimes I need to make 10. And, and you can make them out of materials that don't need to be plated, like stainless. And I know you guys did the same thing. Yeah. But, yeah, today a customer needed a spool piece for a shock mount, and we just went out and made them. You know, and they're in a box and gone yeah. the same day. So, you know, that kind of turnaround was never possible before. Uh, being able to do prototypes in-house, we, we did the 2015 Mustang 
camber plate, uh, brought a car in, measured it, took it apart, uh, did the CAD drawing, did the cam design, did the machine part, and got it on a car in 48 hours. And it was, Holy cow. It was racing that weekend <laughs> yeah. and won its class. And so, that's really satisfying, too, oh, especially man. when you go from, I mean, just I've been dealing with, I've been working with Terry and dealing with him from, you know, another shop that I used to yeah. work with and always having huge lead times on stuff oh, and then now having killer. the ability to just fire it off, send it to a customer, and you can satisfy whatever needs they have. You know, it's it feels good being able to do that. It is time to market is key, and and in this you know automotive aftermarket, it's it's if you're not first to market, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you're two or three years late, you know, well, I can't make prototypes. I got to wait until I got enough orders to make this, and I don't know if it's going to work. No, we just we did a couple iterations that day. Yeah. And got it on the car, and it was right, and it went in production the next week. You know, and so that's hugely satisfying seeing stuff made. You know, I've I've worked in engineering since. The mid '90s, uh, when I got out of college, and, and always was building stuff, but and it was always satisfying when I could see something that I drew or I was in charge of being built, and now I could see that on a daily basis, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, he's going high tech on us. Oh, what's he doing over there? <laughs> he's got some cans. Check the levels. <laughs> uh oh. So DJ up in here. I'm going to go back a second on the uh, the FRS V8 swap. Yeah, when did that bit. become a thing? Oh man! Yeah, and how does that fit? Going, but does it fit pretty well? It's he's he picked it up in July. Yeah, okay. He's driving it. He's driving that piss out of it. When will that go public? Cool. Um, okay, so the FRS BRZ <laughs> right is, now is a popular car, <laughs> and if you look in the lobby, you'll probably see. Yeah, there's a picture of one there. My old ops manager Matt had one when it first came out. We did a lot of development with um, I remember camera plates and, and, and MCS shocks and white line stuff and wheels. And he just didn't do much with it, you know, racing-wise, which is frustrating. But we did come up with some cool parts and sold a lot of stuff. But the first thing I noticed in driving it on track was it's a great momentum car. It's awesome. You put big tires on them. They wake up. Oh, my God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Austin, yeah. you had one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had one and, know. and loved it. Yeah, you it tracked was, it a little bit. It was great. Just a little bit. <laughs> 30, 40 days worth. Just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you put uh, you know a 9-inch wide wheel, a 255, good tire on there, yep. good shocks, good springs, good bars, and they were just like a Miata on crack. Yeah. without the, fast, though. <laughs> no, they don't have no. a lot of power. And that's that's what I'm – And what, the point of this long story was yeah. it needs so much more power, yeah. and what better way to do it than a big – a Stump big stinking V8. Aluminum American <laughs> V8, man. You know, what's interesting, you know, I have my S2000. I had an FRS. Um, I let one of my friends who's familiar with both, had S2000s, now has FRSs. It's actually Daryl Cannon, who's Killboy. Um, oh, takes yeah. pictures yeah, yeah. At, at Deals Gap. Sure. Um, pretty good friends with him. Um, but it's funny. I let him drive my S2000, and then him and his wife had S2000s. And then <laughs> I bought an FRS, and then now him and his wife both have... An FRS and a BRZ. He's a trendsetter over here. I know. So next we're going to end up with a sport wagon. Oh, yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it was funny. The, the first time that he drove my FRS, he put it best compared to the S2000. He said, you know, I feel like the S2000 rotates around the motor, sure. whereas the FRS rotates around the driver. Yes. Yeah. So like and, and you, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so low to the ground. The CG is really low. The track is so wide. Yeah. The track on that is as wide as like a Mustang. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, they're so yeah, they very are bizarrely wide. wide. Yeah. And when we put 255 tires on it, it was wider than a Mustang. Yeah. So they make great lateral you know, grip numbers. They break really well with good pads. They just don't have that other acceleration vector, that forward vector. Yeah. There. And with the e – and what we built for our customer, he didn't want – more than about 300 wheel horsepower, which is really hard to do in an LS motor. It made like 330, 340. 
That's about Still as reasonable. small as we mm-hmm. can make them. Um, oh, it, it goes. It's yeah. fun. It scoots along really, really well. I wonder if we can get a V8 swap one approved to run in like STU or something with, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, because because Oscar Jackson Jr. Um, was at runoffs this week running a supercharged one. Sure. You know, sure. Craftwork or not Craftwork. Sorry. Gonna have to edit that out. Edit. Jackson Racing Supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't tell him about it. He'll have yeah, to find it. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, he was he took third, you yeah. know, and he's keeping up with all the faster cars. But I wonder what class one of those would. That would probably would be because uh, like you keep the factory S- subframe, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, factory subframes front and rear. Uh, it's it's relatively bolt-in swap. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yeah. only a couple spot welds you got to pop out for. Since you don't have to add subframes, that opens up in a lot. A lot of classes don't like aftermarket subframes. Yeah. That's what we NASA ran into with the the yeah. Miata swap. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The, the only problem on that car, the, the control arms are really flimsy. Um, yeah. There's some aftermarket arms that are a lot better Yeah, from White Line and several other SPL parts that make some good arms. But so those things kind of scare me. The car is not like, it's not like a Miata where it's engineered just perfectly for yeah. the weight of the car. It's a little over-engineered, but it's nothing like a BMW that's... Yeah. Double the or like engineer. like an S two thousand. That was a yeah, big thing for me. You know, can't. when I got one, I got up, you know, got up underneath it. I was like, wow, really? This seems kind of kind of chintzy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was definitely built to a budget, but at the same sure. time, adjusted for inflation, the FRS is half the cost of yeah. what an S two thousand. Yeah, was. it's oh, a really inexpensive car. Yeah, um, but that's what I'm worried about longevity wise. Is is yeah, we may have to yeah. do some reinforcement here and there, and that's kind of what our tester Rick is doing right now with the we call it the Alpha car, the first car. Um, is he's driving it and just beating on it. He's taking it to the track. He's driving on the street. He's coming back next week. We're going to do a couple more upgrades. Um, and we're really close to releasing our, our kit to awesome. put this in a car. We've got a CAN bus bridge to make the GM computer talk to the Toyota computer to make the gauges work and the electric steering to work. That's a, And to make the air conditioning work, which is a hugely complicated <laughs> system. you got to have the AC. you got to have the yeah. AC in Texas. You can't – nine months out of the year, that bad boy's running. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there's still some more work to do, but we'll probably release our, our stage zero kit, which is the drivetrain mounts, drive shaft, uh, headers, and uh, sway bar. We actually have to okay. change sway bar. So we'll and probably release that in the next uh, quarter. Okay. And you're saying that uh, that swap's running a, a T56 right now, right? Yeah. To, to make it work, um, and there's another group that made one of these work uh, with a, a T56 with a remote shifter. I hate the remote shifted T, TR6060 or, yeah. or the yeah. T56 that come in all the factory Camaros and and, and like the Shelby GT500, uh, we use a direct shift T56 Magnum XL. It's a bit a mouthful, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my, my dog just barked. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> He's mad. Now, we use the T56 Magnum XL because it put the shifter in the stock location, which is where it needed to be. My dog is really going nuts here. Hang Luckily, on we won't pick any of that up on this side. Okay, it's all cool. on his side. Yeah, um, yeah we're so going to have to edit that out. Sorry. Or just let the dog bark. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the T56 Magnum XL was the right choice there. We had to have it custom made. They only make it for the Ford uh, pattern uh, input shaft, output shaft. So mm-hmm. we had a GM version made. Our buddy uh, uh, Joe Diedrichs at uh, Diedrichs Motorsports made it. He's a big Tremec guru here in town. Sells tons of Tremecs. And it worked out perfect. And it, it, it made the... The shifter pop up right out of the hole, and the Good. no weird shift handles offsets. It, it's the perfect direct shift that you want out of a performance car like a Miata. That kind of no one's really captured the the shift feel of a Miata like like this kind of does. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no cables, rods, or yeah, Miata you know, five shifters. Speed. There's exactly. definitely yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. not no, the six there's, speed. <laughs> there's ergonomics to it, no doubt. There are, yeah, and we made a custom shift knob and handle and all that just to make yeah. it perfect to fit this customer. But yeah, we're, we learned a lot on this car, and I think we could turn one around and 
you know, uh, probably a month of work. Okay. We could make a turnkey streetcar, which is the hardest way to do it. Making all the exhausts, as you can see up on the screen there, that's that's an LS yeah. exhaust. So it, it actually is really quiet. Uh, it made really good power, but with like a crate motor LS3, it would make another 100 to the wheels. It's yeah. just Jeez. too easy. <laughs> Four, 430 is kind of the starting point for those with full-length That's a lot of power for that little car. A little cam. Yeah, you're talking 450 wheel. How much weight does that add? Uh, it added, I want to say it was like 84 pounds, and oh. don't quote me, but it didn't change the front to rear balance um, okay. it, at all uh, because we moved the motor back 11 yeah. inches closer to the firewall. Uh, even oh, though wow. it is a heavier motor and a, and a considerably heavier transmission, most of the weight's in the transmission. Yeah. Uh, that flat four, uh, that I forget the acronym that Subaru calls it. It's a two-liter. D D4S. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Or that's, no, that's their injection system. No, no, it's no. the F, FH20. 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 There you go. Thank there you. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that thing fits tight to the frame rails. Yeah. It's 31 inches wide. It's massive. Yeah. Whereas an LS motor is in the you know 21 inch wide. Oh, range. yeah. So it's a, almost a foot narrower. And uh, it we moved it all the way back and yeah you're and saying it sits behind the front axle line right no it doesn't or, it's okay. not quite that good okay and our BMWs they do and the F and the uh, FRS BRZ it doesn't okay. but the back of the motor moves back 11 inches wow. so a lot of that mass is and still back. no firewall trimming no 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 it's a bolt-in deal there it's there's wow. no cutting it's that big of an engine bay huh yeah it's a massive and engine yeah, bay. yeah well look wow. at the nose of that car I mean it's got a pretty long nose and it's yeah, wide it is a long wide yeah. it's wide between the frame rails to fit this fit the boxer yeah. yeah they built the car. On that motor, and it's an Head obscenely clearance. wide motor. Um, so I've seen double overhead cam V8s, the, like the Coyote V8, uh, like model Mustang fits in those cars, oh, which wow. is a monster engine and revs yeah. to 8,000 and sounds magical. And I love that motor too. <sighs> but GT350R uh, flat, <laughs> it would fit. That would be nuts. It would fit, but it, it's <laughs> that a, would be nuts. It's a more costly swap <laughs> yeah. because the Fords are, are so new. The LS motors. You know, you can get them back in the late 90s. They're, yeah, they're And there's cheap. millions of them, even in a And with the form. Fords, I mean, you need tons more different tools than just, you know, oh, just yeah. like two or three wrenches for a Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the controls pack for, for the Ford is much more expensive to, to do a swap, uh, whereas we can get a, a harness relatively inexpensively, and computers I can buy from Rock Auto or whatever. Right. So, yeah, the LS is just so much more support aftermarket. So that's why we right. put them in everything. They and got, they've been around a long time. Oh, yeah. So they've been around yeah. since 99 or whatever. 97. Yeah, yeah, ninety-seven. Been around for a while, and and they're still making them in one form or another, and they put them in millions of trucks and cars and sports cars, and so you can find iron blocks, four eight to seven liter, and everything in between. I think when those cars start coming down in price, like we were talking about earlier before the show, that I think that swap may become pretty popular. I think those cars are getting cheaper too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in the the teens now, the high teens, low teens, Mm -hmm. and you can start with an automatic car, and save some money. Because it's not that hard to convert it once we we do a V8 swap. It's not much more. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. usually we see the magic depreciation after about year five. Right. Uh, and E46s, you know, BMWs are really, really kind of bottomed down. We're even seeing E90s get affordable. So, yeah, that's kind of when it's perfect. Is once they're five, ten years old, then yeah. they get really inexpensive, and the swappers just and jump. We were up. talking about it earlier too. You know, I I've always considered the FRS a good ten to twelve thousand dollar car. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, I don't see it as a good twenty five thousand dollar car. Yeah, you no. know, the, personally, sure. You know, 
new. They're 25, 27, 28. They're mm-hmm. nice and yeah. get a nice warranty for most people. That's got some reassurance, but for racers, we don't care about warranties. Yeah. So we're going to mess all that up anyway. <laughs> Although you're talking to Austin who bought one and they, I probably took it to the track before he took it home. <laughs> <True>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I had breaking oil. I had like five days at the track on it before I even made my first payment, <laughs> including <laughs> including Global Time Attack at Road Atlanta. Well, of course. Oh, at Road Atlanta. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong there. No. And nothing, and nothing did go wrong at Road Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think I think you might have paid the body shop before you paid uh, Toyota. Or yeah, <laughs> nice. Well Actually, done. I picked it up for Memorial Day weekend from the body shop, um, just right before. What was it? I think it was before Auto Interest weekend. Yeah, the, um, I think. Yeah, that was. Uh, and you had already <laughs> you had already fixed it. And you had barely made a payment or anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it already had like coilovers, yeah. an hey, exhaust, what you, what you, wheels and tires, brake pads, brake lines. So it was yeah. a it was a very fun car. Those were good days um, in my life back before I was trying to be responsible. The, the uh, yeah, that was the first time I was in one of those. Was when uh, I instructed the old track manager, Gingerman, in it. And oh I yeah, thought, that's right. I, I let Josh drive it. I, I thought, used to let wow, Josh drive is, everything. I was like, yeah, sure, you're the track manager. You've never driven you know a car on your own track that much. Like here. Here's sure, the keys. So yeah, and, and he and he walks up to me. He's like, "Hey, uh, you ever been in an FRS?" I'm like, "No." He's like, <laughs> "All right, well, we're gonna take Austin's, and, <laughs> and I don't know anything about this track." <laughs> well, what was really funny, like the first weekend that I had it at the track, I had some BF Goodrich R1 takeoffs. Um, they were heat cycled, but I'd also put KW Club Sports on and had the settings backwards. Oh, no. So the thing would just slide everywhere. <laughs> I took Mikey from ProFunction in it. I actually have a, a video with, like, camera camera footage from a helmet. And we're just sliding it everywhere, just, like, giggling. I was like, oh, this must be what FRS ownership's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, man, Clarkson was right, you know? This is why guys crash them. Yeah. They're used to front-wheel drive cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, you know, I got the suspension straightened out, you know, for the next weekend and felt completely, completely stupid. But that's that's another reason that I like single adjustables. Uh, you know, with yeah. the KWs, there's like two variables, and yeah. I knew how to drive, but I didn't know how to tune as much at the time. And with single oh. adjustables, especially single adjustables from you know like an MCS or something, a real um, monotube, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk a lot of customers out of uh, double and triple adjustables, and I know John's probably done the same thing. Yeah, it's part of our job as a suspension supplier, and that's it's a key part of our business is suspension. Um, is to make sure people don't get into something they're not ready for or that doesn't really fit their needs. And we kind of interview people when they call. It exactly. may be a, a, a typical sales call for a shock kit as a 45-minute to two-hour conversation right. uh, over multiple calls or emails or both. And we always want to say, okay, what have you owned before? What kind of experience do you have? And for guys that are like new to this, I will put them in singles every day um, and talk about, well, I want to get the best. Well, the best may not be good for you because you can tune yourself into real trouble with yeah. doubles and triples, uh, especially when you, you get them backwards. It's easy to do. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily we, we sell a lot of MCS shocks, motion control, and they're upgradable to doubles uh, and remote doubles fairly mm-hmm. easily. So um, the modularity of those makes it to where I can convince them, hey, let's start at the ground level. And if and when you keep this car for two or three years and you've outgrown the singles, and you've gone to big rates, and you're racing in the rain where your compression adjustment's really critical or bumpy tracks, then let's get you into doubles or right. whatever. So it's, yeah, that's kind of a, an old, you know, you, you can sell people what they want, and they're going to be mad at you later. Yeah. If you sell them what they need, they're going to come back. And, and yeah. that's kind of where we've excelled in the past 11 years as customers have come back two and three and four cars later 
and they'll buy what we you know tell them that they need and, and yeah. they're ready yeah. for. And that's and the fact that they're upgradable makes a difference yeah, too. It does because it does. if their skill level goes up, then you always have that option. Yeah. yeah, and it's not much more than the cost difference new to upgrade them. Yeah, um, and like with any high end monotube adjustable shock. They need to be looked at every two or three years anyway. That's a, yeah. that's a safe you know, you time can, span if you're really tracking it hard. You can almost think of it as like buying into a system, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like, uh, you know, you don't just throw it out. You know, like a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, when they buy suspension, that we see a, a typical three-stage purchase. They buy lowering springs and or twin tube shocks. Right. He's having some trouble. Oh, keep uh, going. Then they buy, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a cheap uh, adjustable coilover, mm-hmm. and then they usually come back and finally buy a good monotube coilover when they're really getting serious, when they really want good ride quality, when they want reliability. You got to go for the gold. Want to go to the next level and want to do something competitive. Exactly. That's when they're at that point where they're yeah. ready for a high end shock. When we you know when we brought AST into the country back in what was it oh six, uh, monotube adjustables didn't they didn't have singles. You know, there was there was double adjustables of remotes and triples. That was kind of it. Yeah. And it was a big, you know, fifty five hundred, five thousand dollar kind of cost of entry. With AST, we worked with them and brought in a single adjustable rebound only, which was a huge thing. It was a big change. And all the other shock companies had to react. JRZ and Moton. Yep. Uh, and and Penske and all of them had to make a single to keep up with that because we saw a need in the market. And and me and Brian and and kind of convinced the Dutch to do it and it worked out great and now everybody does a single that is a monotube single and it works really really well and the price points half what the old entry level was you know eight nine years ago yeah Mm -hmm. wow I mean it's just it's absolutely amazing yeah you know there's I know there's a lot of really fast guys out there that are you know running single adjustables yeah and as long as they're on monotubes they're probably in good shape you know it's the guys that are trying to make a twin tube last a 20-minute session that are seeing inconsistencies because, you, you yeah. know, the, the gas pressures in a twin tube are 15, 30 PSI. They just aren't there. Right. Not the 180, 300 PSI we see in a monotube. So the the, the fluid foams, and at the end of a 20-minute session, it's it's a, a milkshake in there. It's not right. doing anything. It's cavitated to the yeah. point where it's just not damping well. It's just a big old, you know, mushroom. I mean, a marshmallow. It's not doing much. So... A 20-minute session, imagine a two-hour session or an eight-hour <laughs> yeah. race. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've or seen a 12-hour race. Yeah. Or and we've seen an autocross cars with twin tubes that with two drivers, you get three or four or five runs, and you're doing them back-to-back, and they're just getting so hot. Wow. Cavitating. Even just from it happens. short autocross runs. It happens, yeah. Wow. I can feel it when the shocks aren't working, you can know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with increased spring rates and a more aggressive car, you can really, really tell. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big monotube uh, fan. You know, almost any of the good brands, you know, Penske, Olin's, MCS, Moton, M- uh, JRZ, AST, they all make really good shocks. And luckily now most of them make singles yeah. uh, because we kind of made them. Yeah. We're kicking and screaming, we dragged <laughs> them into the single adjustable market. And you did it, it to yourself. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> uh, and a lot of them have cursed us, but it has opened a lot of these guys up to uh, a market that had half the price of their double adjustable remotes. And it spread the monotube, you know, movement out it, there. It's what most people need. It really right. And singles are winning national level, yeah. You know, national level competitive events. You can win on singles. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, I know, like I said earlier, I know tons of guys mm-hmm. that are super fast on singles. Yeah, you know, and 
but they have to be the right singles. You know, it has oh, to be a, a high quality single. It has that, to be you know, a real monotube. It yeah. has to, you know, have a, a damping range that can deal with the spring rates. They're that's in. that's yeah. a critical thing is yeah. having the right damping range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and luckily most monotube adjustables have a much bigger damping range than a twin tube. Yep. Uh, we could sit here and talk shock stroke from your legs, especially. So don't get us off on a tangent. Sorry. You know, I uh, I was telling you earlier when I was you know when I first got here that I had put some Volkswagen Racing Line. Uh, struts on my car that I had found for for relatively inexpensive. Sure. And you know, my friend actually drove it down to Daytona for me. Uh, my buddy Chris Damon, he drove it. He actually installed them for me. Drove the car down and had it at two clicks from full soft. And it was a little harsh, so we just backed it off one, and it was perfect. Dramatic. And it, I was just amazed, yeah, how much adjustment was in one click. And that's that's the key, uh, you know, with, with a, a lot of shocks, especially the shocks made in uh, unnamed countries that have never <laughs> seen cars, that we've put them on a dyno, and you could have 30 clicks, and they won't do anything. Yeah, uh, you wow. get to a point where you'll get to f- click 15, and then nothing happens, nothing happens. beyond that, yeah. and it's just a marketing yeah. gimmick. That's 64-way adjustable, exactly. man. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started and on that. you don't <laughs> see much beyond the 12th no. or 16th click. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the Dutch, the German, the U.S. made quality monotubes. Every click is every click matters, right? Um, and uh, we typically don't make more than a two-click adjustment at a time unless it's, the setup is way off. Yeah. The difference uh, is the high-fidelity between adjustments. Yeah, yeah. It just a, isn't comparable. No, no. It's, it's you know, people are talking, well, I turned my Coney is a quarter turn or three-eighths of a turn. you got to count how many turns, and you can never get two dyno the same unless you have them custom built. Yeah. Uh, because there's so much variability in it because mm-hmm. of the technology. And, and I'm not picking on Coney. They make some great monotubes. So does KW. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, their the motorsports costs are lines very radically nice. higher than their twin tubes. Right. And uh, you just don't see them here in the U.S. much. You'll see a Coney 28 series sometimes. Yeah. But 98% of the Coney guys are on twin tubes, and probably one in four of those shocks is blown, and they don't know it, and they're just... Yeah. They're not in a competitive price range for the other no. big name brands. No, their monotubes right. aren't. They aren't yeah. geared up quality for quality product, but just yeah. just can't yeah. compare. Sure, I may be talking to uh, you guys about some rear shocks to match those uh, front shocks that I have. Sure, I got a great deal on the fronts. Ninety-five dollars shipped from VW Vortex. That's whoever That's whoever crazy. was selling them did not know what they had. No, they didn't know. No, so a, a good price point monotube is you're sitting right next to them. Those uh, yellow and blues right there, Bilstein. Yep. That's. Yep. Uh, that's really the only way to go. It probably won't be adjustable at a good price point. Their their single adjustables are about double what their non-adjustables are. Yeah. Now, is this a full kit with the in-links and everything, too? Yeah, that's a kit we make. Okay. Uh, we call it our Track Pro, Pro Kit. We and this take is for a, the S197? Yeah, that Mustang chassis, for whatever reason, they haven't made their PSS adjustable series. Mm-hmm. Coilovers for, they only make an OEM-style spring. And we sell a lot of those, too, with a lowering spring and our camber plate that's like 1500 bucks, and we sell it heck out of those things good price point yeah it's it's and for the mustang market it's a little price sensitive uh you, you know even though they're pretty capable cars they're still pretty inexpensive cars yeah and, and you can Do always they? improve on the oem shocks oh my God, on the oem too. stuff is 40 dollar corner junk it's yeah terrible. it's not good even the stuff on the boss the, is not good uh, and, Does Bill Stein make any PSS kits for any American cars? Is that is that uh, why they're not doing they, the they Mustang do the, uh, the Focus ST, they make one. There's okay. a couple, okay. but it's almost... It's, are they cars that are sold in Europe as yeah, well? Yeah, it's pretty much... Okay. They're, they're snobs. They well, I guess make the, it for well, the, new, <laughs> the, new, the new Mustang now is going to be it's sold in Europe. It's a world car. Yeah. Uh, they might make it, but you never know. Um, we, we ask the Bill Stein U.S. guys, and they'll say, oh, yeah, we want to make it, and you just got to wait for Bill Stein Germany to get their hands on one. So, uh, But, yeah, no, they, they make some really good... 
uh, non-adjustable monotubes, big 46-millimeter piston, 36-millimeter huge yeah. things. Inverted struts, I mean, those things are massive tanks. Yeah. You can't break them. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, for the price point, you, we've turned it into a coilover for our track pro kit, and it works really well, and, and it gets people, you know, 85% of what they're going to get out of an MCS for, right. you know, 40% less. Yes. Right. It's, it's really, it, it's it's a good uh, it's a good market for, for guys that, that want to, play in the monotube world but they don't want to jump in all the way yeah oh looks like adam just texted me he lost internet so that's okay i'll just cut this out and we can keep talking so um yeah anyway uh we saw that camaro back there which is absolutely awesome uh we don't have to talk too much about it but there is a crazy crazy camaro here um 69 camaro yeah yeah, full like looks pretty much all tube and box framed yeah. it's just uh it's gonna be pretty nasty we don't know what to call it the customer doesn't like calling it a pro touring car and it's not it's we're trying to think of a name for this because there's not really a market it's a super touring car we don't know yeah uh detroit uh, uh touring car we, we've tried to think of some names for it I mean, yeah dtm detroit yeah. touring yeah that's so, exactly right <laughs> yeah. yeah so we've been kicking some names around but uh yeah it's a it's a, a tube frame purpose-built race car uh, with all the exterior body panels of a '69 Camaro, with fiberglass doors, aluminum front end, it's, it's and got the silhouette like the the yeah. factory body panels, exactly. but underneath it's just uh, oh yeah, that's just a facade on the outside. It's a facade. Every, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you put a 345 Hoosier A7 on the back and a 315 front. And it's got some grip, real suspension, C6 Corvette stuff, uh, custom coilovers, and really really low to the ground, and you know dry sump LS3. It's real deal. It's that thing is going to be amazing. Uh, it'll be a beast. Not only will it drive well, because I know we talked about you know mapping the the camber curves and sure, everything, sure. and and making sure that everything was right where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. But it uh, looks like it's going to be uh, a work of art as well. So it, you know that's that's just kind of that happens when you when you build stuff right, and you know all our our roll cages and and fab work is all TIG welded, and it just you know Orion that's doing the fab work on this car is really meticulous, and all the the notch joints and all the tubes, you can't slide a piece of paper between them. They're tight. Wow. And and they aren't it's not by accident. He's he's literally mapping out the cope joints on a computer and traces it on the tube, but he prints out a CAD and it's perfect every time. It doesn't waste any tube. It's really, really tight fit-ups, and uh, I'm just really proud of his work. Yeah. He's done a really excellent job. Yeah, the only uh, completely finished car that you guys have here right now is that that white Mustang that's out yeah. there, the 2013. Sure. And that thing is just absolutely amazing. It was it was nice looking at it from underneath, but then when you lowered it down, seeing all the, you know, how clean cage. the interior was with the cage and everything, just very, very nice work. So yeah, that was the first color, car. Color me impressed. I've seen, I've seen a decent amount of cars. Sure. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah, that was Ryan's first car he caged here. Uh, when he came to work for us, and uh, I, I knew then I was like, "Oh, we got to keep her." You it know? nicely <laughs> shows like, off his yeah. uh, his skills and his it ability does. to finish a project. It's got like huge gussets, like it's just very, very nicely built. Yeah, cage. dimple dye work, and yeah. you know, it, it's not just for looks; it's all there for function. And uh, and I think there's it. actually more seating room, you know, with that cage <laughs> than there is with the stock doors. There, yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a big thing that uh, that me and Jason uh, and and Ryan will make sure we do on every cage is we give room. Uh, for the driver, because yeah. you know uh, we've had cars come in here where you sit in the car and your elbow is touching steel. That's never good. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, and or in your a, ankle, a side impact. Yeah, you, you don't. Where's that? Where's that tube going to go? It's yeah. going to break your leg. It's going to break your arm. Yeah, it's going to hit your helmet. 
Um, so we're really fanatical about getting the cage as far away from the driver, and so we'll use all the door cavity. We'll we'll trim out parts of the roof when it's class legal to get that tube away. We'll get the driver in a race seat in the right position, which is a trickier job than you think. You know, you could spend four hours putting a seat in a car yeah. easily, and and some cars have spent ten putting two seats in. So uh, just getting room for the driver so they're comfortable in the car, the good visibility, and if something uh, you know, does happen that nothing's going to come crashing in on them, give them, give them 8, 10, 12 inches of room for stuff yeah. to deform. Yeah, the driver has to be comfortable. Soak up some energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I know you guys uh, you know, do a lot of Mustang work. Um, your last car was a, a TT3 car with NASA. Sure. Uh, still full interior, ran it with Optima and everything, yep. which you sold recently. I did. Um, you know, and you built the C4. It's just a holdover car for now. <laughs> yep. um, but I know you're planning on picking up a new Mustang. Um, wasn't sure where you were in that process or if you've we decided not one, to. We ordered one, and it got here, and the Mustang, our other Mustang wasn't sold. Okay. So I passed. And, and okay. they, luckily, it was so early on, they had it sold the next day. It okay. wasn't a big deal. Have and you driven any of them yet? Oh, yeah. I've yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, they're really nice. It yeah. really is a huge step in the right direction. They didn't gain almost any weight. They gained between 40 to 80 pounds. Uh, and gaining the IRS in the back was a huge change. The double ball joint front end, like a BMW, was a huge mm-hmm. change. Um, they really made some radical improvements in that car. The motor is a holdover. It's got a few tiny tweaks. The transmission's the same, more or less. Uh, and that's before we even start talking about the GT350 or the <laughs> yeah. Or even start talking about the EcoBoost, which yeah. is still a really nice car. Yeah, the four-cylinder EcoBoost is huge. I mean, you're talking under thirty grand with oh, the track yeah. pack. And uh, the way that Cobb's doing their stage kits now, yeah. they're making 400 foot-pounds of torque, wow. 305 wow, wheel. And uh, you can just buy a kit, and it's an access port. Sure, wow. Away. Uh, one of our customers bought one and put MCSs and 1811s on it. Went to nationals. I think it got fourth place in wow. solo nationals and an EcoBoost car with wow. a four cylinder. People so are scratching cool. their heads, going, "Did <laughs> I just get beat what? by a four cylinder?" <laughs> yeah. So, no, they're legit. The V6 is pretty strong, and Ford is really pushing a twin turbo kit for that. That's going to be through Ford Racing. That's oh, going to wow. be huge. That's going to be kind of their entry level. EcoBoost it really may come from the factory some, but you're going to see a lot of those at SEMA this yeah. year. They gave away a lot of cars this year. Uh, I wonder what the that. price difference will be with the twin turbocharged V6 after putting everything in versus just getting the Coyote I, motor. You know, I think it's probably going to be more cost effective to buy the Coyote. I'm still a fan of the Coyote. Okay. Uh, personally, I think it's a it's just a great workhorse engine. That it's does, a nice engine. It makes power everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to rev it. You don't have to you know, push it hard. And, yeah. and you know, our car made 443 wheel with headers and a cold air, and they've only gotten better cams and better heads since then with the right. S550 chassis. So I still think that's a great uh, track autocross streetcar engine. But for people that do care about fuel prices and they're not always going to stay $2 a gallon, yeah. the EcoBoost makes more six cents. The V6 cars are probably less of an insurance hit for a, a younger buyer. So they all have their place, and they're all performance-oriented. None of them are bad. Yeah. They're all going to be They're great fine. dailies. Yeah. yeah. They're so comfortable. And in yeah. my opinion, it's a beautiful car too. Oh, yeah, it looks to me, good. that's the best looking Mustang that yeah. that's been out. There, there's some controversy there. Some people don't like the front end or don't think it matches the back of the car. I like the overall look. Yeah, uh, I really like the rear view and the side view. You know, um, I I don't like them stock as much as I do when they've been lowered and have wheels. Yeah. and that that seems to. Whenever I see one like that, I seem to accept you know, the styling yeah. a little bit more we, of the front know, and rear. We push the limits on wheels on the 
S197 chassis, and mm-hmm. you know they came with an eight or a nine inch wheel. And we we built a ten inch wheel for those cars, and we built an eleven inch wheel that fits under the stock fenders, which that car right there has. And then you built wide fenders. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. you can go to twelves or thirteens. Yeah, the the S550 swallows an eleven inch wheel and a three fifteen under all four corners. Wow, and it makes a big difference. Our 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 main test vehicle that we use for development, and the reason why we haven't bought one. Is uh, Aaron Sockwell from DeSole Designs here in town? Okay, has a 2015 GT, and they've done a lot of work to it. We've done all our MCS development, our camber plate development, uh, wheel and tire development with Ford Star on that car, and it is blindingly fast. He's already won his way into the Optima Challenge. Okay, uh, with that car, and we'll see it in Vegas, and it should do. Are you going to be out there? I am. I'm supposed okay. to be in the White Line booth for a little bit, so uh, I'll be out there for a few days at least. And, okay, and then PRI after that. Yeah, I think I'm going to be at both of those. Yeah. Great so shows. it should be should be fun. That's another road trip. But oh yeah, that's another that's another <laughs> that's story. A little, little bit of drive for you. <laughs> yeah, so it's all worth it though. It's all completely worth it. Having conversations like this and being able to see shops such as yours, it's just cool. You know, it just keeps me motivated, man. That's so good. That's good. Really appreciate it. Sure. So, well, where can people find out more about the shop and more about you or the builds? And you know, Vorschlag.com has has our link to our blog. Uh, we have our Facebook feed on there. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have all that. I recommend okay. the Facebook feed specifically for the videos talking about what's going on in the shop because that's yeah. where you're gonna you're actually gonna be able to see those kind of things. I guess you could say live in some sort. Sure. But you can actually get an idea for what type of quality of work they're doing, and then see specifically the Camaro. And then the types of builds that they're working on, and see some of the machining that's going on. Yeah, and every about two weeks, past two years, I've been doing this week at Vorschlag videos. They're on our YouTube channel. They're on our Smug Mud page. Uh, but we always put them on Facebook. We always blog them, and uh, it's usually a five eight minute video. We walk around the shop. We kind of point at cars in the shop and what we're doing, the big projects, CNC room, and you know parts going out the door. So it's fun. It's, it's like the ones that Jay Leno does every like once every like. Six or seven months. Yeah. Not frequent. <laughs> yeah. Not frequent at all. Not quite the quality of his. And he's actually got a real TV show starting in the fall. Oh, okay. really? Yeah, the Leno Garage stuff is all going legit. I didn't know about NBC, that. NBC, I think, picked it up. Really? Okay. I knew it couldn't stay retired for long. No, he's, he's, <laughs> I love watching his shows. I, I'm a huge fan of his, and I will say I got my inspiration for my weekly stuff from Jay. Okay. His shows are great, uh, and they're super high quality, and he's got... The dream job. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I would love to be switch places with that guy. He gets to do some cool stuff, but uh, we do it on a much more <laughs> budget basis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. It is a the video common man. Yeah, I can I, afford it this Brad way. Brad shoots it. I edit it and post it, and it's really low rent, but it's fun <laughs> and it's real simple, and you can kind of see what we're working on. What's well, in color though, right? It's not black it's and white. Color now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So it's up. not that budget. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get a stereo mic eventually. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time. Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, and if anybody uh, is ever coming through the Dallas area, definitely by, yeah. make plans to stop by. This place is absolutely amazing, so I, I highly recommend it. Cool. So, well, Thanks for coming, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for your thanks time. For I know it's us. getting a little late, but uh, yeah, that's all good. we appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. See ya.